I'm going to jump straight into some verses this morning as we, as we begin uh, the message. So the first one I want to, want to put up on the screen there is, is John 8, 12, which is Jesus saying to us, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. What an incredible promise from Jesus. Again, as we sang in that last song, I am not alone. Jesus walks with us. And then Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Again, Jesus speaking about light says, you are, that is us, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and, uh, and then puts it in a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a light stand and, and there it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Um, today we, we are continuing our, our theme that we've had running for, for a number of weeks about being called and chosen by God. And this, this uh, message that I'm bringing this morning r- reminds us that we are called and chosen to be light, to be the light, to be the light both as, as individuals, as we walk in our journey with God, in the places and, and in the circumstances that we face in, in our everyday walking around, eating and sleeping life, as well as being part of, of a greater light that is the body of Christ, to be a part of a light that is God's amazing church family. Now, I want to I share with you a little story as we start today, in, in January of 2005, so what's that, 18 years ago, in January this year, a group of 15 people sat down together at the Howard Springs Scout Hall down the road here. And that was the first official gathering of Cornerstone Christian Fellowship. It was a church that was established to be a beacon of light, a beacon of hope for the community that surrounds it. And that church, Cornerstone, it quickly outgrew that space and moved uh, its main gatherings from the Scout Hall a little way across the car park to the Community Hall. And it had its kids' church in the Scout Hall. And it was about that time that my my wife and I, Alison, we, we... felt the call of God to come and join this Cornerstone family, along with many others. And so soon it was, that space was too small as well. And so we moved again. And this time we met uh, in the Howard Springs Primary School. I don't know if you're familiar with the Howard Springs Primary School or government schools at all for that matter. They have undercover basketball courts, concrete floor, roof on the top. Uh, The Howard Springs one had like security mesh screens that you could pull out down the sides. It was outside. Um, It was hot. There were concrete floors. There were these really noisy industrial fans all down the walls. 
It was great. There was local wildlife that would come and, you know, birds would come and talk over the top of whoever was speaking on the day. And each week we gathered together, we needed to set up all of the chairs and all of the sound gear and projection and all of the things that go with that. And then we'd pack it down again at the end of the service. But it was a time where, where we had incredibly faithful people who did it anyway, despite the fact that it was outdoors, despite the fact that it was hot. More often than not, there was considerable amount of sweat by the time you finish setting up and then, and then you go into the service and then everyone's sweating by the end of the service. But despite all of that, Cornerstone continued to grow. It was amazing. God was, was moving and he was at work in the people who were gathered there. And, he, and God had plans to establish a home, a, a permanent home for Cornerstone. And so with lots of prayer and with lots of uh, God-given wisdom, a block of land was identified by the leadership it was in this amazing prime location. It was on the, on the corner of this busy road, high traffic area of Howard Springs. It was next to a, a local Lutheran school that was just in the process of, of starting up as well. And the only problem was that that particular piece of land was not available. It wasn't even zoned in the correct way that they zone the land out, the government zones out the land. That, and there was no plans for a church to be there. But when has red tape, or anything for that matter, stopped our God, hey? Now, I know that given the fact that we're, we're sitting here, gathered together today in the exact spot that I'm talking about, you know how this ends. Okay, so don't, but don't jump to the end there. I want, I, want, I want us to focus on the journey, the incredible journey. So we, we gathered together as a church, just, just out there somewhere, probably where the plant, the tree is that's on, on the block, in, in the grass there. We gathered as a church and we prayed. We declared that this land would belong to God. That this land would be a beacon of light. A place that would declare God's goodness, his power, his authority, his love and his forgiveness to be a beacon of light and hope for the community that surrounds this place. And so we prayed for this land. We, we knew that this would be the new home of Cornerstone. And someone had actually brought along a shovel and some Ziploc bags and we, we dug up the ground and we put the dirt into little Ziploc bags and everyone took a little bag filled with the dirt home and they stuck it somewhere noticeable. In my house, it was with a magnet on the fridge. And so every time we went to the fridge, we would see this little bag of dirt, which reminded us to pray, which reminded us that, that this land would be Cornerstone's new home and that whatever needed to happen, whatever needed to be done, it might take time and it might take effort and it will take a whole heap of faith like Sue was sharing this morning in communion. But God, we knew that God had it in hand. And so our amazing leadership team of the time spent hours and hours in, 
in meetings with government and council representatives and there were hundreds if not thousands of pages of documents and forms that had to be produced and filled out in the process of, of getting this land rezoned and, and being provided with this land in order for us to even consider building a church. Meanwhile, we're still meeting down the road in the, in the concrete amazement. I don't know what we'd call it, but it was amazing. But we, we moved to a bigger space, a space across the road here inside the school, and it was air-conned. It was awesome. Thank you, God. It was directly across the road from this block that we had been praying for and oh, the luxury of aircon, hey? To be able to come and to set up all the chairs and all the stuff and still be sweaty, but at least you're in aircon. And then finally it happened. The land was handed over. The government had signed off this, this miracle that... How, how did it happen? I know how it happens because God had a plan. Our God is amazing and so this land was provided for for us to be able to build and so then that was just the next step in this in this journey and it triggered a a number of steps that that needed to happen and and just as the church was uh, sorry and, and we the church were challenged just as the Israelites were when Moses built the tabernacle in the wilderness and then again, when the temple was being built later on, once they'd entered into the promised land, people were challenged to bring what they could to contribute towards the building of the temple. And so we had a day that we called our wood collection day, a day to establish enough funds to get things underway, enabling us to build and construct this incredible facility that we see around us this morning. And so, on the 8th of December in 2013, that's nearly 10 years ago, there were 50 faithful people who gathered there together on that day and contributed $105,000. That is a blessing. What an absolute miracle that took place in those faithful people. Some are who are still here today. And then there's been continued investment in the establishment of this permanent home of Cornerstone. And so that amazing gift enabled initial site works to commence and and after waiting patiently and huge amounts of prayer and trusting in God, lots of meetings and, and loan applications and builders and dealing with tradies and challenges that come with buildings with lots of volunteer help and labour. On the 29th of July in 2018, we held our first service in this building. This incredible place that is a beacon of God's presence in this community, that shines God's light out. Thank you, God. Hey. And through all of that, you can see God's hand at work. There were things that happened that could not possibly happen in our own strength. And as we built, there were people that were brought into our church family at just the right time that had particular skills and talents, who put their hand up to do things like run cables, to, to manufacture and install incredible light bars I've had numbers of people talk about the light bars in this place and it was a 
member of our church who put up his hand and said, I can do that. And what a blessing. Lots of different things that needed to take place and people had the gifts and talents and time and they came and they did. Others of us learnt new skills, like laying vinyl tiles. Has anyone ever laid vinyl tiles? I have. And I think they look pretty good, actually, if I'm honest. Um, Laying carpet flooring. Neil and I spent many of my church days sitting on the floor, rolling out glue, positioning carpet squares. It was great. It was an awesome time. Again, I think it looks pretty good, to be honest. But as we did that, we also gathered as a church and we prayed. We gathered as a church and we actually wrote people's names under the carpet. People that we knew in our lives that, that needed Jesus. There may be names underneath you right now and the people need prayer. There are also people with names written under the carpet who have come to know Jesus. This place has, is established to shine God's light out. It's established so that we can connect with the community around us to share God's message of love and life. You know, this, this building, it declares God's glory and it is, it is that beacon in, in the community and it, and it captures attention and it draws people in. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I remember not long after we moved in, our youth group ran this incredibly successful car wash. I've never seen anything like it. There was, there was a constant flow of cars coming in. The line like stretched out of the car park as people waited for their cars to be washed. There were so many people from the community that were coming in and took advantage of this particular day that we held. And, and I remember that I heard from Nikki, who was the, one of the youth leaders at that time, a, a particular guy came in and he was talking to her as he was waiting for his car to be washed. And he says, you know, I, I don't believe in all of this God stuff, but I have my own business and every day I drive down that road past and I see that cross on the wall and it makes me think to myself, how have I been treating people today? God is at work in this place. We are all here for a reason. We are here for a purpose and it is God's purpose. It's not, it's not just for us to gather together in a nice space on a Sunday which is incredibly important for us to do, by the way. But it is to reflect God's glory, to proclaim his name, to proclaim his victory over the community around us, to shine his light. You know, I've, I've had numbers of conversations with people over the past five years now that we've been here, which just blows my mind that it's been that long. But, but it is this cross... It is the cross on the wall that draws them in. You know, I remember, I remember sitting in an elders meeting before, before the building was even, it was sort of still in early, sta- uh, play, uh, sorry, early stages of planning. And we, we didn't even really know what the building was going to look like. But during that meeting, as we prayed together, it was prophesied that there would be a cross that would be a beacon into the community that it would declare that God is here. And that's what we've got. This incredible place that shines God's light out and it draws people in. You know, I was was talking to someone even just a few weeks ago who was up here visiting and they were across the road filling up a water tank. 
on their truck that they were helping to work with. And they saw the cross and they thought, while I'm here, this is the place I'm going to come. This is the place I'm going to come and fellowship. You know, I love, I love driving past when we have something on in here at night and the cross is all lit up, the lights from inside are shining out into the darkness. If you've got youth, you'd come here on a Friday night and if the party lights are on, it looks awesome. You know, but obviously, it's not the building that shines God's light out, is it? It's not the building that declares His goodness, although the story declares His goodness, but it is, it is us. You know, God, God put on my heart to share the story, the history of Cornerstone with us this morning, because maybe you haven't heard it before. Maybe you're hearing it for the first time, and and I hope that captures your attention about what we're here for. Or maybe you've heard it before, but I, I think it's important that, that we need to be reminded of what God is doing in this place and what He's inviting us into in the incredible things that He's doing here in this community. And He's, he's chosen us to be part of His plan. It's really important that we understand about where, where we have come from, to know that God is part of this. And that's just, because, just because we're now here doesn't mean that stops, that God is still moving and he's still got plans in and through this place and in and through his people. And he's doing the same thing in all of us. He is, he's calling us in our own lives to be his light, to be his light when we go out into the darkness, to be his light when we gather together here in this space or, or maybe you're just visiting with us. Wherever you call home, we are called to be his light. It is up to us to shine his light as we, as we spend time in his word. Today we are being reminded that we are called and chosen by God to shine His light into the world around us. A world that is so filled with darkness. And so going back to that first passage that we read at the start of the message from John 8. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You know, as, as, as followers of Christ, if we, if we choose to follow Jesus, if we choose to follow him and stay close to him, he promises that we will not walk in darkness, that we ourselves will remain in his light. And so maybe, maybe there's times when we feel like we are in the dark, where maybe we feel like we're alone. There is a question we need to ask there, which is, where is Jesus? To draw our attention back to him. To be reminded that he is there with us. And, and as we draw near to him, we find that light. And so, so what, is, what is that light? It, that light is, is all of the attributes that Jesus is. It is his love, it is his mercy, it is his truth. 
It is grace and forgiveness. All of those things that that bring us out of that spiritual darkness that is our sin. Jesus died on a cross and rose again so that our sin could be defeated. And he has the victory. Jesus' sacrifice has brought about that victory and has brought about our forgiveness. And in fact, the forgiveness of all humanity, of everyone that drives past this place. Jesus' intention in doing that is to bring everyone out of the spiritual darkness that we find ourselves in, captured by our sinful nature and into his glorious light. But it's up to us to choose to remain close and follow him. It is up to us to choose him. To remain close. In John 15, Jesus reminds us what happens when we stay close. And the importance for us to to ensure that we remain connected with him. And what does he say? He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I am them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So Jesus, Jesus is this light and if we remain close to him, we will remain in his light. And as we remain close to him, as we remain connected to him, it is like he is the vine and we are the branches that are connected to that vine. We remain in him, he remains in us and we produce much fruit. It says we will produce much fruit. It's something that will happen. We need to be expecting it. But what, what, is the, what is the alternative there? Apart from him, we can do nothing. That is nothing of significance and godly consequence. And so then, then it raises the question of, of what does that fruit look like? What does that look like as we, as we journey through life? What is, what is the evidence of the fruit that is being produced as we remain in Jesus? And ultimately, that is the fruit of his spirit. And we can find that in Galatians 5, in verse 22 and verse 23, where it says, the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our, this kind of fruit in our lives. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness and self-control. It is his light shining out for all to see. Now again, as we read right at the start, that Jesus, he is the light of the world. It is his light in us that reflects out into the world as we respond to the different circumstances that we find ourselves in and we produce this sort of fruit because we're relying on Jesus. In every situation, we have the opportunity for his light, for the fruits of his spirit to be visible or not, for all to see. Again, that, that, is, that is our choice of how we respond in those situations. 
And I think that's a, that's a real challenge for us, isn't it? Because if we're mindful about the sorts of things that come out of us when we find ourselves in different situations, it makes us question perhaps what, what fruit are we producing in this moment? You know, I loved, I loved the amazing testimony that Shannon shared with us last week. She, she, oh, she must have gone out to kids' church, I think. But if you missed it, I encourage you to jump on our website and listen to the podcast. But to give you a quick recap, Shannon was sharing a message about faith. But she shared a story about how she felt unsettled about her husband Nick going on a hunting trip. There was just this un, unsettled feeling in her spirit that something terrible was going to happen. And so as much as she didn't want him to go, she prayed and she, she dedicated time to pray for his safety as he went. And then she told the story of this incredible, miraculous protection by our amazing God, enabling him to walk away from a car accident where his car rolled 20 times and ended 40 metres into the bush. And then she showed a photo. If you, if you didn't see it, I encourage you to go and find Shannon afterwards and ask to see this photo. It's incredible because it was like there was this bubble of protection on the car around where the driver's seat was. The rest of the car was squished and just a mangled mess. What an incredible testimony of God's power and protection. I love hearing stories like that. But that, that was amazing, that st really stood out to me. But the one thing that really stood out to me in all of that was, was a comment that she made about how, how Nick's friend called to tell her the news. Yeah, one of Nick's friends called Shannon to tell her the news about this accident. And he commented about how calm Shannon was when he rang with the news. That is God's unexplainable peace. A gift from his Holy Spirit that flows out and it shines out into the situation for all to see. You know, as, we, as we journey through our days and our weeks, what of God's fruit is evident in our life as we come up against the challenges that we face? Are we, are we shining God's light out in the way that we respond? Are we allowing God's light to shine out? It's not us that produces that fruit. It is being connected to God that produces that fruit. And as we do that, it makes people question, what is going on here? What makes them different? And, you know, for, for myself, there have, been, there have been many times throughout my life where I've encountered things that are incredibly stressful or scary and, and the outcome was unknown and by putting my faith in God, I experienced his incredible peace and his incredible comfort, his strength to continue on, to persevere and to stand my ground. There's one, one particular time that comes to mind when uh, it was the early days um, or even weeks after my son Toby was born. Now, I think most of you might know who Toby is, but he's now seven and he was born with Down syndrome and he had numbers of medical complications to deal with. 
And all of it came as a huge shock when he, when he arrived. Even, even the hospital staff weren't aware of what medical complications he had going on. The most significant of which was he had two huge holes in his heart, in the walls of his heart. And so his heart wasn't pumping blood around his body properly. And it would require this, this amazingly complex open heart surgery in Melbourne to re rectify the issue, possibly. And it had to be done on a heart that was about the size of half a mandarin. Like little, tiny, complex, incredible. And for the, for the best possible outcome in that situation, the doctors wanted him to wait until he was at least 12 weeks old. And he made it to nine weeks before it was decided that they had, they had to fly him to Melbourne from here to have this surgery as soon as possible. And he made it in God's perfect timing because he nearly didn't make it a couple of times in that process. But in those first nine weeks, Toby was in hospital and he was attached to multiple machines, heart monitors, oxygen monitors. He had oxygen tubes, he had nasal gastric tubes for feeding because he couldn't use his mouth properly. And, and what we encountered, my wife and I and, and our kids, was very confronting. It was very stressful. There was so much uncertainty, but we knew through it all that God was in control. In fact, we'd chosen his name Tobias before he was born. Tobias, which means God is good. We knew that God was in control. This amazing church family was upholding us in prayer. The wider body was upholding us in prayer. We knew that God had us in his hands. But time and time again, through this nine weeks, the medical staff were astounded at how calm and at peace we were through it all. And I can tell you that certainly wasn't anything of our own doing. But it was God working in and through us his light shining out while it comforted us, holding us in his hands as we navigated the journey with him, putting our faith and our trust in him. Our God is indeed good and he is at work. You, know, you, just, you just need to look at him now. He's not actually here this morning, unfortunately, but you would see him racing around and getting into all sorts of mischief. Nothing wrong with him now. It is, it is God's goodness, it is his love, it is his mercy in and for us that, that reflects out of us like a mirror. God's light that shines out of us, that produces those fruits of the Spirit that we talked about earlier. Those things that will be a beacon of light into the world. And it makes those around us eager to understand what is going on. And so it, so it is up to us, just as Sue challenged us this morning in the communion message, to put our faith in God, to keep trusting in Him and to keep seeking Him as we journey together, both as, as individuals but also as a church community. 
to stay close and connected to him regardless of the circumstance we find ourselves in, regardless of what we think the future might hold, regardless of uncertainty. In the midst of every moment where we may feel stressed or angry or anxious or worried, to be remembering to fix our eyes on Jesus, to draw near to him, to hand all of that over to him and allow him to to guide you and to strengthen you in that. You know, as we, as we respond in those situations with our eyes fixed on him, that is Jesus, as we respond and, and allow his light to shine out of us, it, it in turn impacts and strengthens others around us. Those of us who already believe, like the power of testimony that declares God's goodness. It strengthens and encourages us. It strengthens the body. But also like a light that attracts bugs at night. It is God's light in us, when on full display, that will attract those who don't know him. We need to let his light shine. We need to make that choice to let his light shine. To let his spirit shine out of us. And for, for what purpose in that? You know, as we've, we already read in Matthew five sixteen at the start. But at the end of that verse, it says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Why? So that everyone will praise the Heavenly Father. Everyone will praise the Heavenly Father. Let the goodness of God shine out of us, not, not for our own gain or fame or benefit, but rather to bring people into a place of worship and glorifying our awesome God. By them recognising that there is something different in the way that we as followers of Christ respond in the situations we find ourselves in. So let, let his light shine. Let, let's, let's continue to make this place a beacon that shines God's light. Let's make it visible for all to see, like that city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. God's light shining out for all to see. Don't hide the things away that he is doing in your life. And as we, as we go out from this place and into the darkness, put your trust in him. Allow his spirit in you to produce the fruit that his spirit will produce for all to see. That draws everyone into a place of worship and glorifying God. Be connected to this body. If this is your home, get connected. Allow your light to add to the light of the others that gather in this place. You know, let's, let's all grab hold of what, of what God has in store for us to do here in Cornerstone. So that we can continue to be the beacon of light that this community is and will continue to be. Commit time to prayer. 
pray that God will continue to use us like I know he will, but it requires us to pray. Pray that in and through us, as individuals and as a body of Christ, that we will see the community around us transformed for his glory and for his purpose. Yeah? Let his light shine. Let's, let's stand and let's pray together, hey? Lord God, I just want to thank you for the incredible God that you are. I want to thank you for the incredible loving God that you are, for the amazing and miraculous things that you have done through and in this church. The miraculous and incredible things that you have done through us as individuals. God, for the things that you have done through the faithful people that have been in this church in the past and, and the faithful ones that are gathered here now, God, I know that you are going to continue to do amazing and incredible and miraculous things in and through us. And so, God, I just really want to pray this morning for each one of us that we would be in a space where we would be letting your light shine. That we would be daily choosing to stay close by your side that we would remain in that place of being connected to you. So that through us, you would, you would produce fruits of your spirit that is, that is evidence of your goodness, of your mercy and your love to everyone around us as we go through our days, both for those that know you and for those that don't. Lord God, I pray continue to pray that you will transform this community around us. That you would use us to pierce the darkness. To be the ones to, de- to continue to declare your name. And in doing that, see the darkness run in fear. Lord God, make us bright and burning light that cannot be extinguished. We ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And maybe you are here today and, and you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus. You've never, you've never made that commitment to follow after him. And, you know, if, that, if that's you today, I, I don't want you to leave this place without taking this opportunity to make yourself right with him and to invite you, him into your life inviting him in so that you will never walk alone, inviting him in so that you can walk in his glorious light to receive his grace and his forgiveness, to receive the gift of eternal life. And so if that's you and you want to make that personal commitment this morning, why don't you just pray with me now? We're just going to pray together again. Just pray this prayer with me. Lord God, I thank you that you have chosen me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for me. To die for me so that I could be forgiven from my sin. Lord God, forgive me. Thank you that you died and rose again for me. I invite you into my life. Fill me with your light.
I want to remain close to you. Amen.